Hi, everyone. This week, we are featuring an encore episode during our mindful break. This is one of your favorite Spark Joy podcast episodes from 2019. We hope you enjoy it, and we look forward to seeing you at the top of next year. Happy holidays from Spark Joy Podcast. Storage is also very fluid. So while you're going to make the best judgment call at the end of every category or every moment that you are putting towards tidying up, you might change your mind as you get stronger into decision making or find new storage tools within your home or at the store. So it's kind of like a big game of Tetris. We're just going to keep moving things around until it all clicks in place. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today, we're going to talk about storage and organization from a Kanmari perspective. We'll chat about how to store and organize after you've completed your Kanmari tidying journey. One signature clutter category at a time. Before we share our storage solutions that spark joy, you know what's next. It's time for a joy check. Karen, what's sparking the most joy for you lately? Well, I am so excited that early next month, I am going to be um, speaking actually in your neck of the woods in Chicago at the Oncology Conference. It's an international conference that's held every year in Chicago. It's a huge deal. And Eli Lilly has asked me to come and speak. I'm actually going to be speaking to patient advocates, which is Mm -hmm. really great because in my practice, in my work, I've had a lot of experience with folks who have been going through chronic illness and actually several people who have either who are currently going through treatment for cancers or in remission or in full recovery. So I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to speak to this group. And it's been quite an adventure. They've been very involved in helping me prepare my talk. I've actually spoken to larger groups as far as the number of people who will be at this particular talk. But this to me is like, I don't know, this is just kind of a big deal. And it really ties together a lot of the work that I've done, you know, in my life in healthcare. And, you know, a great interest of mine is working with patient advocates. So I'm really excited about that. And it just seems like it's coming really fast. So I'm very nervous about getting ready and being prepared. And and I haven't even thought about what I'm going to wear yet. So this is all on the agenda. But it's definitely something that's sparking joy for me these days. Yeah, it's really, I love stuff like that. It's just like full circle, checks yeah, all the boxes and it makes sense and speaks to all your different passions and things. Well, it was really interesting too, because this conference has, you know, several layers of people who organize the thing. They just kind of contacted me out of the blue. I mean, they had, you know, gone to the KonMari side and thought that it would be kind of a fun thing to do for their patients, for patient advocates. And when they called, I was just like, well, guess what? Guess what my, my background is and how it might be applicable to what you guys are doing. And it was just kind of off out in the place. So yeah, it was really full circle. Awesome. Yeah, so really cool. So Kristen, what is sparking joy for you? Well, I am in the third year of offering Tidy Masterminds to Kanmari Consultants. Tidy Mastermind is a community, really, and a program that's all about shifting our attention to the business side of our practice. Of course, as consultants, we all love what we do. 
But there's also the reality that we're also independent small business owners. So it's important for us to start off on a foot that sparks joy when it comes to building businesses that thrive. And I was just so excited to meet the next class that's coming through. It's been really fun connecting with everyone and really working on our goals. So over the course, which is eight weeks, we focus on what's called 90-day goals. And all of us have at least three of these goals. And I have finally chosen (laughs) the last one of my three goals to focus on this 90 days when it comes to my business. And it's all about writing 30 blogs in 30 days. So I'm really excited to offer 30 blogs in 30 days, all about tidying to my For the Love of Tidy audience. So definitely look out for that. Connect through For the Love of Tidy on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff and sign up through the Tidy Pledge at ForTheLoveOfTidy.com because I'm excited about releasing all of these ideas about tidying and doing this over a 30-day period. It's going to be intense, but it's going to celebrate just all of the hard work that those within Chicago have been doing, all of my clients who are really working hard. This is like the perfect time for this. Wow. Well, that is super ambitious and good luck with that. I feel lucky if I can get one out a month. So yeah. 30 in 30 days, like <laughs> a very lofty goal, but I know you can do it. And now on to our topic. In more traditional organizing, often people are thinking in terms of finding storage as kind of the first step. You know, this idea that we warn you about all the time, which is going to the container store, picking out a bunch of beautiful bins, shoving all of the things that you own in those bins, stacking the bins up, lining them up, making a beautiful display full of bins that are completely inadequate for your needs and certainly do not spark a lot of joy. That's a very common style of organizing. And it's really just focusing on getting the stuff contained without too much concern about the volume of the stuff. It's more about dealing with the quantity over the quality, which as you know, is something that we talk a lot about on on our podcast. And honestly, that technique may be a lot quicker and maybe less invasive than dealing with all the visual appearance of clutter in your home. But we want to talk about a different approach. And of course, with the Kanmari method, we handle things a little bit differently. We are breaking from tradition to disrupt patterns and habits and behaviors that are not really moving the needle. So we want you to be more mindful about the things you're keeping before jumping into finding the perfect place for your things to be stored. Stuff over storage. And once again, we're going to ask you to think about the five signature Kanmai categories, clothing, books, papers, kimono, and sentimental. If you'd like to review why we think it's so important to tidy by category instead of by location, head over to SparkJoy episode number nine, Tidying by Category is a Fatal Mistake. Now, remember, within each category, you're going to sort and then organize. So basically, that means you're going to be taking a look at the things in each category or subcategory that spark joy, the things that you'll be keeping, and then the things you'll be letting go. And then, only then, are you ready to begin thinking about storing those items. We also have some helpful tips to help you when you're trying to answer that very important question, where will all of this go? 
As we talked about before, and as Marie Kondo talks about in her book, it's really important to think about a few key principles when it comes to how you want to store things. The most important part is that within a designated space, things are stored so that they are easy to see. This means that basically when you open up a cabinet or a drawer or you look in your closet, essentially you can see everything that's there. This means that things are easy to put away and easy to get out as well. Storage should bring you a sense of order and calm and should really make you feel like you are in control of your storage, whatever that might mean for you. And make sure to reuse and repurpose wherever possible. We're all about shopping our home and using what you have to save money down the line on extra bins and baskets. Storage is also very fluid. So while you're going to make the best judgment call at the end of every category or every moment that you are putting towards tidying up, you might change your mind as you get stronger into your decision making or find new storage tools within your home or at the store. So it's kind of like a big game of Tetris. We're just going to keep moving things around until it all clicks in place. Now it's time for our Kamari Consultant Approved Favorite Tidy Tools and Storage Solutions. We're going to start with tools. So these are the things that are really helpful when you're just getting started with and prepping for your Kamari journey. The most important tidying tool that you should definitely latch on to with lots of joy is your calendar. Remember, Kamari is a one-time tidying event. So that requires you to make priority in your schedule to tidy up three to five hours at a time, whether you're working with a Kanmari consultant or independently. So important to make time. So schedule time to work through a category or to prepare or to focus a little bit more on your storage. Lean on your calendar. The next tool we'll suggest is the Tidy Home Joy Journal. If you have not had a chance to grab yourself a copy of the Tidy Home Joy Journal, you can join the Spark Joy Club you'll not only get a copy of the Tidy Home Joy Journal, but you'll get a bit of an extension, an action pack that includes access to both Karen and I and others. So you will have an extension and a community to support your tidying. So it's definitely a tool you should check out. And within that journal, there are questions and diagrams and other things to guide you towards shaping your vision, which is actually a tool that comes in very handy every time you're walking through a clutter category. Check in with that vision. Make sure you're shaping that question. Does it spark joy around your ideal lifestyle? Also, trash bags are going to come in handy. (laughs) Maybe some boxes, uh, some cardboard boxes if you're moving. Good repurpose those for putting those things that you're saying goodbye to away or taking them to the donation center. I have gone through a lot of trash bags in my work with clients and I've tried to find what's the best trash bag. And uh, so far, I absolutely love the Glad large drawstring recycling bags. They are clear. So you can see right through them, comes in handy. I had a client the other day who was rearranging her space and realized that she needed an extra extension cord. So she was able to see the bag that was right next to her door, 
about to head out and grab that cord. And it was great. So like, it's great to just be able to not have like these mounds of dark trash bags everywhere or even white trash bags everywhere. You can literally see what's coming and and what's going from your home. And they're really good uh, quality as well. So I'm a big fan of the Glad ones. And also, of course, last but not least, the best tool for your tidying is the Spark Joy podcast itself. So you can listen to us while you tidy. So the Tidy Home Joy Journal has references also to specific episodes that you should listen to while you're going through various phases of Kanmari. And we're always here for you and want to hear from you as well as you move forward with your journey. So now, as promised, we're going to talk about organizing things category by category and give you some of our very favorite storage solutions by category. And we'll be, of course, sharing our favorites in the show notes. So there'll be links there for you to take a look at some of our favorite things yourself to see if they would work for you. We're making some assumptions here. We're going to assume that you've decided what sparks joy for you already, category by category, and you are either lacking appropriate tools and solutions to contain your joyful items, or you're really looking to mindfully upgrade some of the storage that you already have. One of the things to remember is that in The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, Marie talked about the time that she had created storage solutions for a client consisting of commercial cardboard boxes, so boxes that items had come in. And her client found it really visually a little uh, just unsettling. And when Marie went back to her client's home to kind of check into what was going on with her client, she also was really aware that there was just a lot of visual clutter created by the advertising in the boxes. So that's something to really keep in mind as you're making choices about your storage. I know that for me personally, I can't tolerate having advertising for any products in anything in in my home. So anything that's on display or used regularly gets decanted or put into a different container because I just I don't feel like I just want to be advertising for some company in my own home. So consider what the overall look is going to be at the end of your organization journey. Yeah, I find it really helpful to also carry around with me a label remover. I've probably, I don't know, taken off at least 500, maybe a thousand labels in my, <laughs> in my time with clients so far. And boy, like my nails did not really appreciate that too much. So I have been experimenting with a label remover that's essentially like the size of a thumb depressor. It's kind of flat. And it's plastic. And then they also have a metal option for glass, I guess. And you can really easily at least get like the label started a little bit more. And then sometimes they require a little bit of goo gone or a little bit of heat, even heating the adhesive a bit also can help with like a hairdryer. So yes, taking off those labels and taking them off as soon as you see them. So label remover is one of those activities that takes less than two minutes, usually less than like 30 seconds um, to do. So as soon as you see a label, take it off immediately while you're thinking about it. That's how I proceed category by category. Always have my label remover in my pocket. Yeah, I think that's great. And sometimes you have to soak them. Sometimes you just have to put them in a different container altogether. It just really depends. But you just want to be mindful of what you're looking at when you open up a cabinet or, you know, and I think this probably applies to the kitchen and the bathroom more than any other area. 
Yes. And anywhere where there's a plastic bin with that company that starts with an S, <laughs> not going to give them any more advertisement because exactly. you've already bought them. already have so much, <laughs> so much everywhere and homes everywhere because no one's taking their labels off. So yes, please do take off your labels and take ownership of these boxes because until you take those labels off, they are not technically yours just yet. Yeah. And that's exactly why we talk about taking tags off of clothes as well. Because it's exactly. not really yours until you've made the commitment to keep them. Yep. And speaking of clothes, that is our first storage category here. So let's walk through our favorite storage solutions by category, of course, starting with clothing. There are generally two options for clothing storage. You're going to be hanging your clothes on rods in your closet usually, and also folding clothing and storing it in drawers or bins. Of course, we have to start with the simplest but very widely used (laughs) closet organizer, which is hangers. So my favorite hangers are the velvet hangers that are pretty slim. My favorite are actually the gray ones with rose gold handles. When it comes to hangers, it's a preference kind of thing, which type of hanger that you use. The most important thing here is that you're consistent. So consistent with color, consistent with style, consistent with quality. So it's really important that you hang things in a way that the clothes are highlighted, not the different color options. Um, I had a client who had almost every color of hanger you could imagine. And so what we did is instead of replacing them all and choosing the one color, we grouped them. So we grouped certain things like her t-shirts were all on like pink hangers and then her jerseys were all on like black hangers, you know, that kind of thing. So it created this little rainbow color blocking in our closet and it was really cool. And it also starts to segment those like items together. So that's an option if you're not ready to make the investment in totally either upgrading or replacing your hangers. But it is really the easiest thing you could do in your closet to make it instantly look more organized. And keep in mind also, don't even think about what hangers to get until after you've sorted all your clothes because it's more than likely you will have plenty of hangers that are all of the same type and style and color once you've sorted everything and you've gotten rid of the things that that are no longer working for you in your closet. I actually like wooden hangers. And when we moved to this apartment, I got a few boxes of these relatively thin wooden hangers that just really work for everything. And it doesn't really matter that, you know, even the little plastic ones that are 12 for a dollar, they can work as long as they're the same color. It just makes an enormous difference. And it's probably one of the easiest things you can do to make your closet look amazing. This is a good time to review how the KonMari closet is hung. Remember the difference between things that we're going to be thinking about folding and hanging. Pretty simple. You hang things if they would not respond well to folding. So this would apply to things that are you know, really lightweight or flimsy, maybe a, maybe silk things or maybe things that are linen that would wrinkle really easily if they were hung. And certainly the things that are, you know, really tailored like blazers or suits or things like that. I consider pants that have a crease to be those kinds of pants that I would hang before I would fold them, although a lot of people would disagree with that. So it really depends what works best for you. Once you've decided what you're hanging, then keep in mind that the idea in Kanai clothes hanging is that they are going to have kind of an upward to the right slant. So you'll be hanging the shortest, 
lightest and more delicate things on the right hand. And then as you go down the length of your pole, things will get darker, heavier, and longer. But remember, the most important principle in hanging in the KonMari closet is that like things are hung together. So regardless of the color, regardless of the weight, regardless of any other factor, the first priority is that you're hanging like things together. After that, then you do go by length, color, weight, and the heaviness of the fabric. So now talking about bins, and in this regard, we're thinking mostly about bins that are used to store things on open shelving inside of closets. Open shelving is probably one of the most difficult things to deal with as far as good storage if you are following Conroy principles, because most of us have the experience of having things getting shoved in the very far back of big open shelves. They look great when they're empty, but as soon as you start using them for storage, it's really a challenge. So we do recommend that you consider using bins for those big open shelving spaces. Again, you want to make sure that the bins fit the space. Measuring is super important in the organization process. So you want to take a look at your various options, and there's a lot of different options for shelves. Some people prefer natural fibers. Some people prefer the durability of plastic options. It doesn't really matter as long as it works for you and it works for the space. Remember also, you want to make sure that that your bins are not so deep that you can't see what's inside of them as well. So uh, bins for open shelving is sometimes a really good solution. And it's one of the few times that we would recommend you consider uh, making a purchase. Yes, we should add tape measure also to a tool that you should have throughout your tidying journey as well. Because yeah, it's very easy these days actually to buy storage solutions that look relatively custom if you just take the time to measure and purchase things that really fit into your space. Or you can also, of course, customize solutions as well. And the photos online can be really deceiving. So something Mm -hmm. that looks like it's plenty big could be tiny. So I always say measure twice and buy once. Yes, very true. And we also want to think about bins that go in kind of those hidden areas within our space. So bins that go underneath the bed, perhaps. I'm a big fan of under bed storage, especially for small apartment living. My criteria was something that is plastic, so easy to wipe down. It's very dusty under there something that had a lid and something that was on wheels. And I did a lot of searching and I saw a lot of store solutions that were just extremely overpriced. So I found one that was definitely a deal at Target. So we'll definitely be linking that in the show notes for you. And for anyone looking for underbed storage, I also want to refer to episode 71 of Spark Joy because that's where we talk to Laura Serrano and she is a feng shui master. So if you have any inkling to lean a little bit more in feng shui and not include anything under the bed, definitely check out that episode for more details. I was thinking of that very episode as you were talking. And and the great thing about that episode is that although keeping things under the bed is not ideal, there are certainly things that you can store under your bed and still follow feng shui principles. I would just add that I find it really helpful to have an an ongoing future donation bag happening in my closet. So when something no longer sparks joy, that sparked joy in the past, I can just put it in the bag. And when the bag gets full, then it goes off to my favorite donation spot. Cool. 
I should mention, when it comes to your closet, I would say there's three things that everyone should have. And those three things are a hamper, a step stool, and a trash can. So a hamper, of course, very necessary, a place for your clothes that need to be laundered to go, and whether that's dry cleaning or in the laundry at home. And also a step stool because typically with closets, it's a lot of vertical storage there. So if you need to regularly get things down from the top shelf, just keep one step stool right there ready to go. So it makes it easy when you're getting dressed. And a trash can, great for all of those labels or other things that you might have to throw away, things you're mending, tissues, things like that. You can even keep your bedroom trash can in your closet. So now that we've talked about bins and baskets and in closet storage, let's move on to how to deal with drawers. You know, drawers can be a real challenge and they sometimes can have the same issue, being really deep or not the correct shape for storing things in a way that you can see them and that they're easy to get out and easy to put away. So we look at trying to divide the space inside of drawers with storage solutions that will make the space a little bit more manageable. There are just so many different kinds of containers that you can use for this purpose. There are lots of different soft-sided inserts that are basically made for the inside of drawers that will store your things, you know, very gently and carefully. And these are especially good for things like lingerie or, or really delicate things that you're storing. And you can look into hinge dividers Also, they're awesome. So they're essentially like one long edge of a box, but it has an extended divider. So they slip into the drawer and you can lock them in place and they adjust to the length of your drawer. And they come either in plastic, wood, bamboo, there's lots of options. And they create the divisions within the drawer that are so necessary when storing like items together. And they really welcome that Kanmari fold where everything is upright and on edge. Our next category, books. Let's talk about how to store your books. One of the things we talk a lot about is this idea that like things should be together. And the same really applies to books as well. But sometimes you might consider keeping books where you use them, which is also a very important principle in KonMari. Shouldn't your cookbooks maybe be in the kitchen? Because that's where you'll be using the contents of those books. And of course, for a lot of people, if you're a reader in the evening or before you go to bed, then you're going to have books on your nightstand, and that's perfectly fine. For the most part, you want to think in terms of like keeping your books together as a collection, you can organize them by genre. So maybe you have your fiction books and your nonfiction books and your reference books in different areas. Some people, though, have been doing some really creative things with their books and maybe organizing them by color and rainbowing them, which is really fun. Some people think that's really something that they would like to try and other people think that's a terrible idea. I've seen a lot of great creative solutions out there. And one that I experimented with with a client is turning books around. So instead of the spine being shown, having the white pages being shown on the shelf. So it creates just like a layer of texture and there's no words. Obviously, you can't see which book is which. And it's more of a you know decor trend. And it's really cool uh, looking for sure. But I wonder like long term, I should check back with my client to see if she kept it that way. 
or that trend doesn't necessarily encourage you to kind of pull down titles or showcase your personality that often shows through on the books that you choose to display. So I wonder if she liked it long term, but we were just kind of playing around. And that's the beauty of this. That's all we're doing here is really getting creative, playing around and filling out what works. And the one thing that I use the most when storing books is bookends. It's very interesting how limited those are in supplies, uh, usually when I am tidying up with my clients. So very important tool, though, the bookends. And I like uh, simple ones uh, that are just acrylic and see-through and basically disappear. But of course, there's also potential there to get really fancy. I have clients have ones that are very sturdy and heavy or really beautifully made. So that can also bring some personality to your book section, your book area, your bookcase. Next category, paper. So this is the category that probably causes a lot of angst when it comes to appropriate and proper paper storage. But first, we want to remind you of the three categories within the paper category that we suggest you use to think about what paper you're keeping. So there's immediate action documents. These are things that if you had a few minutes, you could sit down and do whatever the document or email or a piece of paper is asking you to do. So that's write an email, send a birthday card, pay a bill, whatever it might be. There's nothing keeping you from doing whatever the paper requires if you had a few minutes. The next category within the paper category is intermediate action. And these are documents that you either are waiting for a date to occur, such as with an invitation or maybe a bill that you're paying in the future, or you're waiting for someone else to do something before you can act on it. So maybe it's part of a project where you need input from someone else, or maybe you're waiting for someone to get back to you before you can make that doctor's appointment or whatever it might be. There's something that you need to hang on to it for a while, but not forever. And then, of course, the last category within the paper category is forever documents. And these are papers that um, hold content that is unlikely to change over time and something that would be difficult to replace if you decided for whatever reason to not keep it. So those are things that hold things like, oh, this would be your social security card or a contract or a license or something that is kind of a, a document that represents something that's permanent and important. Definitely turn to SparkJoy episode 45, Cutting Paper Clutter, for a review of the Kamari paper category and also those advanced strategies that we have for you to help you get to a place where you're only getting on average three pieces of mail a day. One idea is to start with a boundary. So paper usually doesn't spark too much joy for us. So I have a very limited boundary and a limited tolerance for paper, but yours might be different. You might want a full file system or file cabinet. For me, a locking file chest is always my favorite. About a cubic foot, uh, that's all it is. That's the amount of space that I dedicate to paper in my home. And it has a lock and it's perfect. I just stick my file folders in there or just loose papers. I tend to just kind of rifle through it whenever I need something. And again, we're really trying to think of storage solutions that do spark joy for you, that make you feel calm, relaxed, happy, serene when you look at whatever it is. So when you do have things that need to be filed, you can always look for file folders that are really pretty. There's just so many of them now that 
are really decorative and they're not that expensive and some of them are really long lasting. So they're actually a good investment. So think in terms of even making your storage for paper, something that sparks joy. A label maker can be a great thing. If you have beautiful handwriting, of course, you might not need a label maker, but a label maker can tidy up your paper storage and make it easy to find the things that you have decided that you'd like to keep. Yes. And I also use a tool that is a precision cutter from Slice to create the pages that I may need if I'd like to preserve something, but I don't want to keep the entire book or the entire magazine. I use the cutter to just neatly slice whatever I'm trying to keep, whether it be a recipe or something that is sentimental, like an article that I was featured in, anything like that. If I don't want to keep the whole publication, I use that tool as I'm working through the paper category. And it's something that I gift my clients as well, because it's just a universal tool. You can not only use it in the paper category, but also you can use it to open so many different things like your spinach bags or your boxes and things like that. Think in terms of protecting the papers that are most important, maybe a, a lockbox in your home if it's paper that you need to keep in your home, you know, if it's something that you want to have access to at all times. If it's not something that you need to have access to at all times, though, you may consider getting a safety deposit box for those papers. That will ensure that they are not only protected, but that they're secure as well. Another thing that we talked about a lot in episode 45 is this idea of virtually keeping paper. So there's a lot of tools online. Um, Some of our favorites are Dropbox, Google Docs, and Evernote. And those options, as well as lots of others, allow you to do things like scan the paper with your phone, with your, you know, if you take a photo of it with a particular app within the um, platform, and it'll allow you to store it on the cloud, which is really great because then you don't need the paper at all. For most of us, we find that doing things virtually is really useful. But again, we want you to do what feels most comfortable for you. And if that means that you keep paper, then make sure you keep it joyfully and it's working for you. Next up is kimono. Kimono is challenging for many reasons, um, but it's also challenging for us to come up with a list of favorites for this particular category because everyone's kimono is very different and unique. But we'll share some of our favorite ideas based on what's worked best for our clients and also what has worked best within our homes. Let's get started by addressing a question submitted by SparkJoy listener Angela from Kentucky. Angela writes, I'm starting this journey, but the area that bothers me the most is how to organize an office charging area. These both tend to lend way to the kitchen for ease of use and accessibility. We are a family of five, so we have a lot of devices. How would you suggest maintaining an area in the kitchen that could mainstream both of these purposes, paperwork and device charge overnight storage, without cluttering up the counters? Yes, the counters. Definitely prime real estate. Flat surfaces definitely should be left for activity and not for storage as much as possible. But we realize with some arrangements, you might have less cabinet space or you might have a piece of furniture that doesn't have any drawer options or places where you can put things away. It's all about making it work for you. So 
Angela mentions that she's trying to create kind of a central zone for charging things. I don't know about you, Karen, but all of the charging stations that I have seen around are all not very pretty to look at, let's say. Awful. They're also very specific usually. So when a particular phone or iPad changes shape, size, model over the years, some of the ways that these charging stations are designed aren't very flexible or sensitive to that. So I would suggest kind of treating charging stations similar to how you would camouflage other appliances in your kitchen, like a coffee maker or even your bread, like almost creating like a bread box situation, like a garage uh, for these things, because even the charging station itself is just not really nice to look at. Uh, So any way we can tuck this away within a cabinet or within a garage that sits on a small part of the counter, that would be best. That would be my suggestion. What about you, Karen? Well, this is such an issue for me because I just hate the way that they all look. And I really have given a lot of thought to how to make this work because I love the idea of charging garages. And I've seen people take drawers and drill holes in the back, and then they basically have everything in a drawer that they pull out. I need to be able to see my devices while they're charging. You know, Mm -hmm. so... It's really been an issue. And one of the things that I've discovered is that there's just all kinds of charging devices and some of them can be maneuvered to fit under a table. I have the table that sits in the area where I spend the evening actually allowed me to fit the device underneath it. So the only thing that's shown is the cord. It's hard to explain, but those ways to finagle those little devices, if you get small enough ones, it's so that they're not visible. All right. So back to kimono. My favorite tool in the kimono category is my white stackable shelves from the container store. They are budget friendly and great quality and they are flexible. So they connect together. So I can make essentially a tower if I'd like, or I can take some of the shelves and put them in another room, put them inside closets, leave them outside for display. They are awesome. And I have used them to store my 58 pairs of shoes, which I'm very proud of at SparkJoy. And another day I could probably use them in a different space for pantry items. They're just so flexible. So I really enjoy using these shelves where I can and suggesting them, recommending them to my clients. And also, if you have a large number of custom wire shelves that are just built into your space, remember that you can get a liner to go on top of them so that they essentially become a solid shelf. If you are trying to store things and they're falling through the gaps within the wire shelving, invest in some liners because it can essentially make your life a lot easier. Also, a favorite kimono storage item, especially within the Kamari Consulting community, is the Scub IKEA boxes. They are super fun. They come in great colors, great budget-wise as well. They can be used anywhere. I use mine under the sink in my bathroom to store some of my excess hair care products but you can really use them anywhere. And they definitely come in handy even in the clothing category to store some of the things in your drawer. I had a client who used them and 
the different size that you get in the set. I think there's about three different sizes. Oh my gosh, it was literally Tetris. Like they fit so perfectly into her custom closet drawers. So definitely lean on the scub boxes, but really you can even repurpose here as well. I use gift boxes all the time. iPhone boxes are really sturdy. Beats headphone boxes are really great quality too. Also, the acrylic boxes are great too. Amazon has a lot of great options for that. Great quality acrylic boxes. You can also find bamboo if you prefer that material. Now let's talk about toiletries. Toiletries are another thing that can be really frustrating because they are in many odd and different shapes. I am not a person who likes to have a lot of toiletries out at all. So I have worked storage solutions into our bathroom and other areas in our apartment to accommodate whatever toiletries we have and need. So there's nothing out except hand soap on our bathroom sink. And I'll let you in on a, a crazy little thing that I do. Cooking does not spark joy for me. And many years ago, I read that perfumes do better in a cool environment. So I store all of my fragrances in the refrigerator. And I also keep cosmetics and skincare that is not in the current rotation there as well. I also keep my travel bag of toiletries in the refrigerator. And let me tell you something, it really does help them last, especially as it gets warmer. So again, think creatively, decide what works best for you. I also only have hand soap on my sink in my bathroom. And it's awesome because I can wipe down that space so easily. And I also have my favorite soap in a little glass container with a nice little pump. And it's just so welcoming for me and for my guests. And I like to put everything else away into the medicine cabinet. So I do not stack my medicine cabinet with a lot of things that I'll never use. I'm very careful about what I put in there. My toothbrush, my, my face products, things like that. Things that I literally need every single day. And I also have a great storage tool, which we will link in the show notes that is acrylic and it is for makeup primarily. So the situation where you have a desk or a vanity in my case that has no drawers, you're really forced to put something on top of that surface that is primarily for activity, but also has to serve a little bit for storage. So I chose awesome organizer that not only is really nice to look at because it kind of just blends because it's all clear in acrylic. It also is really easy to clean. And I love to really spark joy in the area of makeup because the more decisions I can make, the more streamlined I can get my makeup products, the smoother my day goes, the faster I can get ready and get out the door. So I'm really careful in this particular category and I have only the brands that I love, no extra testers or colors I haven't worn in years or all of those have been banked and released. So it's great. The next subcategory in Kimono, sporting goods. Now, the thing that's really tricky about sporting goods is that this category can consist of things that you're not really using very often, maybe only a few times a year, but they are things that you really do love and you enjoy doing. So how to store them? And we're thinking in particular about things like skis or maybe things that you 
use to go snorkeling or maybe even things that you use more regularly, like a tennis racket or your golf clubs or something like that. So these things obviously need to have a special area. A lot of times they end up in the hall closet or the coat closet just because it seems like there's space there. These are items that you could consider putting, you know, under the bed if needed. These are definitely items that if you have a garage or basement, could have their own designated spot there. So you really just have to take a look at your storage situation. In New York City, a lot of people have bicycles and they really don't fit very well in our little tiny apartments. And sometimes there's a lot of creative options that happen. I've seen bikes stored on the ceiling you know, with like a a lever and pulley system or even on hooks in the wall. So there are different things that you can consider for storing these items. As long as you've made sure that they spark joy for you and they're things that are contributing to your best life going forward, then you find a way to make room for them. For sure. And also speaking of things that we would store in a garage or basement, the ornament category or the holiday category or even the wrapping paper category. I highly recommend getting a special box that's specifically made for these items that's tall, that's vertical, that allows you to protect these things, keep all in one place. Ribbons, tape, labels, all these things can go right into a caddy that is really built designed to store uh, these things. And the same applies for ornaments. I love that I don't have any of the original boxes for my ornaments. They all fit into a ornament holder, a ornament tower that slides right into my closet and is ready to go one time a year when I need to pull it out. And everything's protected and nothing gets dusty. And it's just amazing. So Definitely when you can, lean on those really specific tools that are specifically made to store the particular items when that's appropriate. Otherwise, you can reuse, repurpose, and get creative as much as you can. The last kimono category we want to talk about is the subcategory of office supplies. And if you have stayed with us this long, you know that we are probably going to say that they need to be kept where you're going to be using them. And they should all be kept together. So... One of the best ways to avoid never being able to find a pen or not being able to find the scotch tape is making sure that those items in particular have their own designated space and that they are easy to return to that space. Last but not least is the sentimental category. So to be clear, sentimental items are things that we may love above all of our other things, but they are likely to be things that we may not actually be using all that often. You know, the real joy is based on being able to see them and acknowledge what they represent to us. We encourage you to keep sentimental items out whenever possible. You can have them framed or displayed in some ways. You can have them, if they're fabric or textiles, you can have them turned into quilts that are usable and something that you can enjoy. Or, of course, you can keep things nicely in scrapbooks. Scrapbooking is a huge hobby for a reason because it's a great way to display things that are important to you. And, you know, it just really depends on what the object is. For me, I have a couple of glass cases. One is kind of a glass cabinet that's in the kitchen area. And the other is a mission bookcase that my great-grandparents had that is, of course, actually my only piece of furniture for my great-grandparents, and it's really, really an important piece of furniture to me. And each one of those cabinets hold 
a lot of my little small collections of things that are meaningful to me, you know, different things that I have found joy in and have collected over the years. And I really like having them all together in the same spot so that I can enjoy them. Then I also have a few framed items. I would say really the only framed things that I have are sentimental items. And then, of course, I have an album or two of things that are, you know, photographs or little scraps of, you know, tickets and and programs and things that are meaningful to me. I do have some things that are stored away because I just don't currently have the right place for them. I do have a couple of pieces of furniture that are a little aspirational that I hope to be able to use at some apartment one day, and, and they are very sentimental. But in making a decision to keep those and store them, I made sure that I was doing it really intentionally and that I had a clear sense of not only what they meant to me, but that they had a place in my future. I love this category because it really is a chance to highlight your legacy. Think about who would be happier if I keep this. And if the answer is just me, you know, still make sure that you're storing these things with a lot of honor and logic and also care. This is a revolving category. So think about not maybe stuffing the sentimental bins until they almost don't close because you might have some more things that you're going to rotate out or in as you acquire more sentimental things and really move on to shifting towards experiences and going through a lot of different transitions in life that would yield more sentimental things. So it's very important when thinking about storing these items to make sure that they are protected properly and ready to be enjoyed at any moment. This week in the Spark Joy Club, we talked about this idea of creating a milestone binder, which I've mentioned on previous episodes. I walked through this in detail in the club, and we talked about how I've used it over the years and referenced it. And it's been such a great way to just keep certain things that represent various stages of my life in one place. Here's more on how you can join the Spark Tory Club and hear all of these extra special tips. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. We both believe that you should definitely use things like your grandmother's china if you love it. And you should happily use it even if there's some chance that it might get damaged because really that's the whole point of china. And and if it sparks joy for you, you should use it with confidence and feel secure in the knowledge that that's what that china is there for. But again, this depends on your own risk tolerance for perhaps losing something that's valuable. But I will say that my days as an antiques dealer and seeing so many beautiful things that never were used or loved 
really brought this home for me. So I think that both of us would say that, that using the things that you love that are sentimental really brings a level of joy that is just not possible if they're just hidden behind cupboards or stored away where you can't see them. Very true. And also as a reminder, this is the place where all of your projects are currently living. If you have gone through all of the other categories and you're just getting started on sentimental. So when we have suggested that you keep all of your CDs or zip drives, hard drives, photos, you know, till the end. And this is what we're talking about, the sentimental category. So it's important to now take a moment to finish those tasks, finish those open loops. We recommend that you consider converting some old technology or maybe some paper photos uh, to digital formats so that you can enjoy and share them more easily. And once you have them digitally archived, it becomes easier to decide if you want to keep the original version. For some more great tips on how to digitize your sentimental items, definitely check out Spark Joy episode 55. And there you have it. Again, any of the products that we have discussed, we'll be sure to link to in the show notes. And you want to definitely head over there for more details. These are our favorite storage and organization solutions for things, and we hope that they would meet Marie Kondo's approval. In some ways, the organizing step is really the most fun, and it serves as your reward for all of the hard work and joy checking and editing that will take place in your home. And we would love to see your organization solutions. Certainly, if you have some unique and creative ways of keeping your things please email them to us at contact at sparkjoypodcast.com or tag us on Facebook or Instagram. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us to reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend the tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the SparkJoy community. Or you can join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts Kristen Ivy of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.